Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to episode 47 of Thrive Deeper. Yes, it's I, your humble host, DJ Payne here, and we are almost, almost through the book of Proverbs. Is it, is it just me or does it feel like we've been in the book of Proverbs for about three years now? Uh, the <laughs> I'm loving every minute of it, but I've got to be honest, I'm very much looking forward to, uh, to uh, getting out of the book of Proverbs into the next edition. We're almost there. And on this week's uh, conversation, you'll hear Matt and I go deeper into this conversation about discipline, especially when it comes to self-discipline, self-control, and what does that mean in light of the fruits of the Spirit? So join us now after the break, conversation between Matthew Jacoby and myself here on Thrive Deeper. Rollerblading. <laughs> Mate, <Today. laughs> besides rollerblading, you just got back from Tasmania. You just got back from a tour of hey, Tasmania. The exciting thing about this weekend was that I went rollerblading, man. Like that's like a big thing for me. Now, uh, last week with pe- my daughter. Yeah, last week people got a glimpse if they listened all the way through. To oh, the excuse me. What yeah. are you putting that on the end for? I put that on the end <laughs> of a glimpse of your conversation with your darling daughter Ivy, who's just had a birthday. She's just had a birthday. She's turned eleven. Eleven, and you took her rollerblading. Mm. Did you get on the on the uh, on the roller disco floor as well? Yeah, you know when you you know in the eighties. I'm a child of the eighties, so yeah. of course I can uh, rollerblade. You know there was always that cool kid uh, that just carved it up. Was know, in was my head, that was me today. But in reality, yeah, I don't know. That's not important. <laughs> Uh, so did you roller skate or roller blade? No, I bladed, yeah. I actually have roller blades. So you're allowed to take your own roller yeah, blades along yeah, to the roller right, roller yeah. skating rink? They're yeah. that desperate for people to come along? Well, it was, you know, Ivy and her cousin, and they, so, like, I was, did the was coaching them most yeah. of the uh, most of the time. Yeah. But they, they, they picked it up. Okay. No broken bones. Good, good, yeah. excellent. And that's what you've been doing just before you've rocked mm, into here. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you're fully so prepared. So a bit dizzy. <laughs> bit dizzy, fully prepared. Now, we are wrapping up in the next couple of episodes, mm. uh, today and next week, mm. the book of Proverbs. It feels we like we've been in here forever. Yeah. Well, it's been good because there's such a variety of topics that we've been able to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and it's been great. It's a very, we've had yeah. sort of like, it, it almost feels to me like the last couple of months has almost been like an offshoot of the regular podcast. Mm, yeah. It's been a different, different podcast. Because <laughs> normally we're immersed in, in the books and what's happening and what, what that means and this means. And uh, yeah, it's been a different, uh, a different couple of months. It's yeah, been great. Definitely. So yeah. last week, uh, the topic that we covered. For a very different episode last mm. week, it was a very personal episode yeah. in two parts. First of it, talking about you know, um, you know, discipline in life, you know, very generally, mm. and then the second part talking about the discipline of our children as, yeah. as parents. Yeah. Um, you wanted to stay in the topic of discipline this week. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought it would be interesting to talk about spiritual disciplines, um, 
and uh, and the importance of spiritual disciplines in, in our lives. I I, um, I think that uh, discipline. I mean, we t- we've talked a little bit about self discipline and the importance of self uh, of being self disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think there's something to say about about the spiritual disciplines uh, because uh, there's an there's a there's a real importance to this topic in the sense that I know that we would like everything to come really naturally and just for life to flow, but uh, actually walking with God involves a high degree of intentionality. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't, it just does, as much as we would just love to work on pure inspiration all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, pure inspiration doesn't always happen. And actually uh, one of the discipline by definition is doing good things because they're do- good things, not yes. whether we feel like it or not. Mm-hmm. And and there's a place for that uh, in, in the spiritual life. And um, and so I have discovered uh, down through the years the importance of uh, of discipline. As I said, I think I said in the last episode, I, I'm naturally a fairly, like I can be quite disciplined in areas of my life. And I have applied that in my, in the spiritual life I've, you know, I've applied that to you know reading the Bible and having times for prayer and and it actually has in the past it has become a bit of a self congratulatory sort of achievement oriented sort of thing like mm-hmm. a discipline can be um, really a form of control <laughs> orientation in a way or, or achievement orientation like look I look how regular I am and uh, and and it can become a bit of a religious thing in the negative sense. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> now people talk about doing things religiously, and that's a way of saying you know he, someone does something very regularly. But actually, there's a good there's a positive sense to that too. I mean, on on the other side of real relationship and our lives being really surrendered to God, I mean, we still uh, need to practice spiritual disciplines, and we need to be disciplined about um, about making space in our lives for prayer and reading scripture and uh, uh, for for long-term benefit, not just for short-term inspiration. And I think um, I have, <coughs> excuse me, I have said um, previously, you know, with reading the Bible, for example, that we don't just do that for short-term inspiration, it's for long-term, you know, benefit. So being, yes. being disciplined in our study of scripture, I think is an important thing. I think putting time aside, um, to uh, to pray and to spend time with God is really important, as long as we understand that it's not like our visit to God, at, at in a portion of the day, like yes. we just go and visit God and then we just go off on our own for the rest of the day. I mean, you know, God wants us to walk with Him all the time, uh, but it's like the, the the principle of quality time. Really, it's mm. it's that concentrated time for us to focus our minds. Um, Okay, before before we drill down yeah. any deeper into this concept of self discipline, yeah. is is another way to? Am I right to think that another phrase for self discipline is self control? Yeah, it's. Uh, or am I it on is, the wrong yeah, track? No, it is. Self self control is part of is it, it's the same thing. Okay, so I guess be, I'm thinking of self discipline as like self control applies to me curbing certain um, uh, passions and and. 
and impulses. Okay. So, so self-control is like impulse control, whereas self-discipline is more positive. It's, it's, it's not me stopping myself from doing things, which yep. is what I associate with self-control. By self-discipline, I mean actually disciplining myself to do good things. Okay, so when I read about the fruit of the Spirit... Okay, I think immediately my mind yeah. goes to the fruit of the spirit: yeah. love, joy, peace. Galatians five, yeah. yeah, and the last one is usually listed self-control, depending what yeah. what yeah. translation you're yeah. reading. Um, I've seen it translated into self-discipline as well. Um, yeah. I've seen it translated into a few different words. So, does everything we're talking about does this come underneath the umbrella? of the fruits of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit actively bearing fruit in our life, or are you talking about something different? That's good. That's a good question. Well, I think it is. I think it is a fruit of the Spirit because it's an expression of our commitment. Yeah. Uh, so discipline, you know, us disciplining, bringing spiritual disciplines into our lives is absolutely an expression of our commitment. So it's, you know, I mean, it's, we, we would say if you, if you belong to a football team, your commitment to that football team will be expressed in the fact that you do, you turn up regularly to practice. That you don't just do the least. That you, you know, that you do over and above that. So, um, so our, you know, those spiritual disciplines are an, an expression of commitment. So, in that sense, yes, absolutely. It's, and it's and a I think okay. So the next thought that I have in my head after we talk about self control, self discipline, yep. the fruit of the spirit, is I then think of the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. the life of the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul. You know, basically you know, one of our greatest mentors, you know, uh, pictures of the faith. Because he, a lot of the themes that he talks about, even if he doesn't use the expression self-control, is about self-control. He talks about buffeting his body. He talks about being in control. He talks about, you know, um, going past and beyond what is natural man can do, hitting into this supernatural and talking about putting off the old, on the new, and he talks about it in a spiritual way, but as Paul often does, he often talks about it in a real nitty-gritty, yeah, it does, yeah. you know, rubber-hitting-the-road way of going, you know, I could only do this, but I kept on going because I'm in control, self-control, self-discipline, off I go. Yeah, well, well, here's the interesting thing about Paul and his approach to that is that he steps out of the old by stepping into the new. And that's that's the important thing because I think what we can focus on is just stopping the bad stuff. Yes. And you actually can't stop the bad stuff until you actually step into the new stuff. Mm. And this is this, so this is, is where the, a lot of people get stuck, I think, because we think I've got to stop the bad stuff in order to step into the new stuff. But it's, sometimes it comes in. A, in I'm talking practically yeah. in my own life, and even reading through Paul, my mind goes to the chicken and the egg. What comes first? Like, yeah. you know, like okay. Because we've all met those people who, when you give them the gospel and you love them and you share with the the work of Christ, yeah. they go, yeah, they go, point. they go, yeah, that's fine. And once I clean up my act, then I'll stump in. And you go, yeah. no, 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 no. You just jump in and that's part of the process. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's also the same for me as a Christian, especially mm. when it comes to self-control. What is the act? Is me putting off the old thing and taking on the new thing? Is that part of it? Or do I have to wait for it to yeah. happen? Well, this is the interesting thing is that... When we speak of self-control, yeah. uh, it, it, that's where it has to happen on the other side of us yielding control, in a sense, uh, to God. Like, it's I don't really like the phrase. That, I'm not a big fan of the phrase "God being in control," actually, because you know God puts us in charge. I mean, God empowers us, so yes. He doesn't take. Uh, <clears throat> 
actually God empowers us to exercise self-control. He empowers us to exercise authority. That's a great so, way to put it. Um, God is sovereign, but in a sense, he's put us in, in control. So um, so it's not wrong to say that God is in control. I mean, that, that's fine. <laughs> but I think what we mean by that is God, you know, God is sovereign. God is, he is Lord, uh, but he empowers us actually uh, to to be uh, to exercise authority and self-control. So actually in order to exercise self-control, we need to surrender ourselves over to God. And it's only it's and so this is where the stepping into the stepping into the new thing, mm. and by that I mean um, being filled with the spirit like um, accepting what Jesus has done for us. Mm. And the new life is on the other side of that. Yes. It's not it, because a lot of people think I've got to sort my life out and then I'll be accepted by God. Yeah. No, actually, uh, receive God's acceptance through Jesus Christ, yes. and that's the starting point. That's the beginning, not the destination. Yes. People confuse the destination with the beginning, yeah. uh, and they think in order to begin, I've got to get my life together. But that's uh, actually uh, y- you actually begin with acceptance. Yeah, and and the and the Christian life. For those of us who've yep. walked in it for a little while, yep. is nothing else but getting your life sorted yeah. as you go. Yeah, that's right. You it's, know what it's, I mean? It's, it's, that's yeah. the process. But it has to happen. You know, so so we're not doing that in order to be accepted. We're doing that because we have been accepted. Okay. And that's that's you know that's the difference. Like, I mean, the illustration I use is um, uh, is you know imagine um, you know a, a like going kind of fairy tale sort of story kind of situation. You know, Prince rebels against the king's throne in prison. You know, he's in dec- he's in the prison for decades, and, and one day he gets, you know, he gets amnesty. Uh, the king forgives him, and mm-hmm. he gets reinstated to his princely position. But he's got the manners of the prison. He's been in prison for so long. He's got the you know he smells like the prison. He but he's he's been you know he. He's been let out of prison, set free, reinstated. That's us, really. I mean, we have been reinstated. So what happens then is that he needs to learn how to begin to live like a prince again. Yeah. But he's not going to do that if he hasn't actually already been. He's not going to do that in the prison. No. Uh, that, that, that's point. He's going to do that because he's been given that position. So it's it's because we have been given this new position in Christ that that becomes the real the motivation for us to. Uh, begin to learn to live in that in that status to live up to what we are. I know, I know we're, we're we're slightly drifting. We're, not, we're, we're, we're not, drifting. We're yeah, drifting yeah. a little bit. But Matt, you you are touching on something that I've really been meditating. This has been my Easter meditation over because yeah. we re, we're recording this just on the tail end of of yeah. our Easter celebration for 2019. And um, I spoke to a uh, I spoke to a, a young pastor who. Who through, you know, the, the the history of the Passover meal, through the and then the history of what Christ has done on the cross, his main um, point in in when we were having a conversation about it was this absolute utter joy of this. Again, it was because of the Jewishness of mm. you know the whole history, and he brought out the points in the Passover meal that are the same as the Jewish marriage act and covenant and mm-hmm. everything like that. The point being, part of what Christ was doing on the cross, we see clearly through the New Testament, is God purchasing a bride for 
his his son. Yeah. You know, and this is you know in yeah, in the, yeah. in, the, in, the, in that old fashioned way yeah. of saying you know yeah. not purchasing as in you yeah. know here's some money, but through the sacrifice of mm. his son, this is the way that I'm bringing this bride to to mm-hmm. son, and we see that in the prophecies. And I was I was loving this conversation, and then he finished it off with, and God will never, you know, never unequally yoke anybody to his son. Yeah. He'll only get the very best daughter. So you know, I my life is full of praise because I am mm. the very best for his son. And it was this. I find that very hard. I find that very hard mm. to think of myself as. The very best for his son, you know, like uh, mm. you know the the I th- I find it very hard to sit in that joy. I understand that God has purchased me. I understand that yeah. you know what God has done, but and and I bring it all back to this self discipline because I then get on myself and think that I have to do something to make things to right warrant that, yeah. to warrant it. I need to you know flesh it out. Yeah, well, it's uh, I mean that. And this is where this point about the starting uh, people confusing the, you know, the starting point with the destination, because the starting point is that we have been we have been made right, we've been clothed, uh, we have been accepted, and it's actually on the other side of that that any change is going to take place. It, you know, growth can only happen in an environment of grace, and grace is undeserved favour. So. Um, uh, I think it's, I think back to the point about self-control because we'll we'll veer off to a rabbit hole, yeah. a, ra- a rabbit hole here. <clears throat> um, the amazing thing about yielding ourselves to God, it seems like we're giving up uh, authority. What, what we're giving up is autonomy, that is the right to rule our lives absolutely. But what we get back is actually a greater measure of authority than we had before. You know when we were. Um, seeing ourselves as the gods of our own lives, mm. so we give our lives uh, over to God, and and He accepts us, and we are made right and clean, and we are uh, presented pure as a pure bride in your in that imagery, and um, it's like we're being clothed in something. But you know, the reality underneath that is that we're still, uh, you know, we're still a mess, mm. um, and. Um, but we do have, and we're we're given a new heart. You know, we've given we're we're given this. There's, there is this empowerment, spirit, um, uh, spirit empowerment that has been deposited in our hearts that enables us then to exercise uh, self control. But it doesn't happen automatically, and this is the point. It actually, um, it's not. It's not just about. We should not think of self control or, or discipline, self discipline. I'm preferring to use that because it's, it's not just. Uh, well, you could use e- either term. My point is it's not just the negative. It's not just about I don't do this and I don't do I stop doing these things. You can't stop doing something negative if you unless you do something positive. Yes. So you've got to step from the bad thing into the good thing. And, and, and so a lot of people tend to focus on trying to overcome the bad stuff. Well, what good stuff are you stepping – like what, what's the good thing that you're stepping into? Yeah. So instead of doing this, uh, actually uh, focus on not just not doing something but focus on doing something positive that's actually going to 
give you the empower you to overcome the bad stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> because I think I think we can get so caught up in trying to stop doing things. Like oh, I, you know, people feel very shamed about this and about that, and and they focus so much on the sin that. Actually, the answer for that is just to really step into, step onto the pathway that God has opened up for you. You don't have to make yourself right before you do. It's actually step onto that pathway, walk with God, you know, um, uh, and and focus on uh, focus on the positives of what we have, and that is actually what empowers us to um, to overcome the bad stuff. Yeah, I I, I hope that's. Uh, clear but it is a very important um uh, it's an important point with discipline because spiritual disciplines are about doing those positive things yeah it's about uh reading scripture and uh it's about spending time in prayer now the irony is that people say oh i can't really i feel so ashamed though yes because and i'll i'll I'll, I want to overcome this and then I'll feel like I can go to God in prayer. Well, unless you go to God, unless you spend time with God, unless you, you know, empower yourself through these positive spiritual disciplines, you're not going to have the strength to overcome those bad things. Yeah, I, I, I hear your point and I think that's such a great one that once we meditate and accept and believe, truly believe yeah. in our hearts of what God has, you know, called us to be and has yeah. given us and everything through Christ – then we can start putting the positives in yeah. As, yeah. as as we continue. Yeah. Let me let me use it. I'll use a personal example because yeah. I, I think this and this is actually bridges to a specific form of a specific spiritual discipline that I'd like to um, throw out there. Actually, um, I uh, what I find that unless. God is at the top of the triangle of my desires. I want you to imagine desires like a hierarchy, a triangle, okay? Like a pyramid. Yeah, like a pyramid. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and you know, desires kind of, um, you know, they're all of these, this sort of pyramid of desires, you know. Now, if God isn't at the top of the pyramid, so the chief, you know, the chief thing that I re- really the fulfillment of my, of my desire, then everything below goes haywire. Mm. It's just chaos, this is this idea we've talked about discipline in the last episode is bringing order to the chaos. Now, when God is God in my life, it has the effect of bringing order to the chaos. Mm. Now, someone might say, but God is your God. Like, um, yes, I know. Like, like <laughs> but but I, I have to actually constantly step into that and, and accept that and live in that and entrust myself. You know, I have to exercise that faith and... And one of the most important spiritual disciplines for me, and this was the case on the weekend, because what I, what I find is that when I feel like my desires are going haywire and like I'm, you know, I'm falling back into just being in a really self-entitled, arrogant, whatever, you know, like all of those bad attitudes hmm. uh, start swirling around in my heart. Like I know, I know that it, it puts my life into a spin, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, my you know desires gone rogue and and you just your whole life is in a spin um one of the most important spiritual disciplines for me is actually spending time sitting still before god and focusing on nothing else than uh my desire for god to be god of my life again because i know like the answer for and 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 it's like it, it is the discipline of disciplining my thoughts and my mind, taking every thought captive uh, to Jesus Christ. Um, 
it is about sitting still before God, like waiting on God and uh, just seeking God. I mean, there's a idea for, you know, like just seeking God, which, which to me looks, looks like um, just being still and waiting on God and allowing my desire for God to burn. Mm. And I know a lot, what a lot of people experience if they try to do that is their thoughts are wondering, I've got this, I've got to achieve that, I've got to do that. When that happens in my mind, what I do is that I grab hold of those thoughts and I think, well, what's the point of that anyway if I don't have God? What's the point of that? What's the point of this issue? It's like, you know, my biggest problem at any given point is the extent to which I'm in conflict with God. Mm. That's my biggest problem. So it's like I... It's a process of mental discipline where I rein in all my thoughts down to this one desire. You know, Psalm 27, one thing I ask, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. You know, it's it's that moment. It's the one thing. And that, for me, that has been one of the most important, I would say, the most important spiritual discipline, in my, the most life-changing spiritual discipline, because it it brings it brings a discipline to my mind um, it reigns in my thoughts and it actually um, it it's more than just a mental thing it's actually uh, focuses my desires and it stops the merry-go-round of desires from spirits from spinning that's awesome Matt let me let's take a break let's have a little quick break and let's transition into talking about these spiritual disciplines these spiritual disciplines that we could be having in our life that are part of this overall you know fruit of the spirit you know so let's let's take a break and get back into it on Thrive Deeper DJ Payne here for Thrive Deeper on episode 47 and we're talking about self-discipline. We've gone and had a look at, you know, what what you know the, the thought of self-control is when it comes to the fruit of the spirit. And we're talking very practically, very uh, you know, very very matter-of-factly about spiritual disciplines in our own lives mm-hmm. and and you know what they are and what they look like. Now mm-hmm. Matt, you're talking about you know, you've spent some time. Can I can I say the spiritual discipline of meditation? Yeah, I know well, that's well, a scary okay. word for some. Yeah, people. it is. It's a scary word. But I mean, um, here here is one of the issues that I have with that. It's is its association with. Um, I mean, it's it's not it's not. Uh, I mean, it's associated with Eastern uh, mm-hmm. Eastern religious practices. It's not really meditation because, uh, first of all. Uh, meditation, like mindfulness or meditation, is a response to uh, to a problem, to a, to the problem of 
our thoughts going rogue. To it's 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 a it's a tool for um, dis- disciplining the mind, really. And actually, I would say um, that that is the one of the biggest problems that we have in in our culture today is that our minds are hyperactive. We're completely we we live with these hyperactive minds, overstimulated minds, and the 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 prevalence in the practice of mindfulness, which is even taught in schools. Uh, these days uh, to kids whose minds are hyperactive, overstimulated mm. minds, like exposure to mass media, constant exposure to media from uh, from entertainment media to from, you know, to uh, emails to Instagram and everything, everything put together mm. uh, means we, we're, we're bombarding our minds with powerful forms of stimulation that are um, causing our minds to become undisciplined. So one of the biggest issues uh, today um is is mental discipline and it's interesting because you know we, we in in our culture everyone's into health and exercise you know health and fitness health and fitness right so often you know a lot of people are very uh, uh, can be really good with health and fitness and yet when it comes to mel- mental discipline this is a big issue because mm. you know if we're binging on netflix or if we're w- whatever we're doing we're overstimulating our minds mm. and uh, this but in, but in the, the flip side of that overstimulating our minds but not Activating our minds, you know, we're being very submissive mentally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, letting letting it, it all be impressed. Yeah. It's so, it's passive. It's, really. it, yes, and so I guess I guess uh, again, I wanted I just want to be clear here, and again, I play this card all the time. Growing up in a very conservative church, if I met anybody, and the first time I met, I was in a work situation yeah. where we had a expert, and they said we're going to do some mindfulness and meditation. I freaked out. I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm, they might well have said, we're going to have a seance. And I yeah, was yeah. like, I'm out of here. Okay, so this, this is why I want to say something uh, about that. Yeah. Um, because f- I, I suppose what I want to first say is that there's a valid issue that that's trying to solve. Yes. Now, my point is that I don't think that solves that issue. That okay. type of practice. Well, I don't think it's bad. Yes. Now, some people say, oh, because it's associated with, yes. like, just focusing on your breathing and whatever. I mean, whatever. that's fine. But I, I do think it's it's a, I think it's a Band-Aid issue because actually I don't think the problem, I mean, at a surface level, yes, we're overstimulated and, and we need to, so there, there are practical things that we can do to over, to overcome that, yeah. that hyperactivity in the mind yes. and not, and being disciplined in the way that we use media is one way. I yeah. think one of the most important forms of fasting, if we want to talk spiritual disciplines, yeah. fasting as always, Old and New Testament being an important spiritual discipline. Amen. I think the most important form of fasting would be media fasting. For, for people living for Christians in the today, yes. For Christians today, 100% yeah. media fasting. One of the most important... Uh, times of spiritual transformation for me was preceded by the realization that my mind was absolutely hyperactive and that I just it, there was no space for God I could not still my thoughts to and 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 actually I went through a period where I said okay I'm I mean what I said to myself is that I'm not going to um, watch TV yes um, or any form of you know uh, entertainment media you know during the week, just the weekends. Okay. That was a way of, you know, and so we're talking about discipline. Well, that's mm. what I did. And that actually, um, that created an, a natural limit on that because I recognise what the in, all of this entertainment media overload was doing to my brain. Mm. So there's, you know, there's, 
cutting down on that. And then the other thing that people do is that they take time to meditate and to focus on their breathing and, you know, still their minds. And now I don't think that's going to work very well if you don't cut down on the things that are actually overstimulating your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, However, so those things can be good. That's all fine. I think, I mean, uh, but one of the, one of the things that mindfulness or meditation actually doesn't really deal with is the fact that the key problem actually isn't a problem with our thoughts as such. It is a spiritual problem with our will. The problem lies in our desires. Mm. What puts our, like distractions, you know, like we would say our minds get so distracted and hyperactive. Well, they're distracted and hyperactive because we are, um, there's a deliberateness to that. You know, um, actually the problem is uh, at, a, at a deeper level and it's to do with our desires and it's to do with the disorientation of our desires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like our desires are latching onto this and that and that and this and this and this and, and actually the media feeds that as well. I mean, media has a way of feeding our desires, you know, throwing all of these lifestyle options and we envy that person. We want to be like that hero and we want to be, have, you know, it's like we want to be beautiful like that. And so it... It actually, it's not just a mental problem that the media feeds, but it's actually a deeper sort of spiritual thing, which is another good reason to be discerning about mm. what, uh, and, and particularly in terms of uh, not only quality but quantity. But um, but the deeper problem with the desires really can only be overcome by us disciplining our desires to seek what our desires were actually made for. Mm. Our ultimately desire, I mean, desire was made for relationships, not for objects and objectives, mm-hmm. uh, because desire is of such a na- of, is of such a quality of such a nature that it is actually never satisfied because desire was made for relationships. You know, I mean, um, like I, I love my children and I desire their uh, affection and company. And and actually, it's right that that should never, ever be satisfied. In a relationship. Yeah. Like I can never, I will never say about my kids, um, I've had enough hugs now. That'll do. <laughs> no, I, it, it's, I have an insatiable desire yeah. to connect and connect and connect with my kids. And um, that's, you know, desire is made for relationships and ultimately for our relationship with God. Now, mm. the problem is when desires fix on objectives or objects. So objectives like I've got to be this beautiful, I've got to be successful or objects, I've got to get this car or this house or mm. this pay packet. Make a ma- yeah, make it's, this it's much like money, yeah. Because desire is of such a nature that it's it's designed actually not to be ever satisfied. Mm. By, the time, by the time you get what you want, your desire is already outgrown. Mm. You know what I mean? Your desire is already outgrown that, that goal. Um, so... Uh, you know, we we need to actually discipline our desires to focus on what actually is truly the thing that satisfies our deepest, deepest core desires. And that is, first of all, it's relationships and ultimately our relationship with God. Mm. Um, So for me... uh, It it feels to me like you're talking about the overall, like a very meta thought about self-discipline. Yeah. Like the reasons why, yeah, that's the right. reasons behind yeah. self-discipline. Yeah. And, and I'm, I guess I'm addressing like the overall, meditation and yes. mindfulness. And all, and, don't, all, and all the spiritual yeah, disciplines. Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, that's right. Uh, um, 
because I think we need to function within our worldview, within yeah. our Christian worldview, uh, which says that actually the core problem is a spiritual problem yes. that we have, mm. and that causes every other problem. Mm. Um, so, and, and over the years, every all the theologians and philosophers and and those spiritual types of people, when they talk about spiritual mm. disciplines and outlining different types of schools of discipline, yeah. all of that comes down to what you're talking about. Yeah. All of those are tools yeah. or handles on the wall yeah. to you That's know, right. climbing, climbing yeah. that type of thing. And this it's not just theory it's not just theoretical. I mean, for me this is this is I have I have learned that they're that actually really seeking God and um, sitting still before God, and you know, we, we used to talk about tarrying, you know, there's an old word yes. about tarrying, which is just seeking God. I mean, as simple as that sounds, it's training our desires to realize that because the more you seek, you know, desire is like a muscle. The more that you, the more you seek something, more you exercise yeah. the desire for that mm, thing. Mm, so mm. the more I seek God, the greater my desire for God becomes. Mm. So, so when I when I spend time um, focusing on just on my desire for God and and allowing my mind to see. Uh, that actually God is all I need and want. And so when those other thoughts come into my mind, I'm thinking, what's the point of that if I don't have God? I, yeah. it's, it's, so, and and I, I, have, I have come to, uh, like again and again and again, when I, when I do this, the tranquility and peace it brings into my life, I, can, I cannot overstate. Yeah. It, it completely transforms. It's like when God becomes uh, the... Um, you know, uh, it's like when my desire latches on to God as their ultimate goal, everything else falls into place. Falls in into yeah. place, yeah. and life becomes so beautifully simple. It's like I could care less about anything else. <laughs> you know, it's like everything else is 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 relative to that, and actually, it allows me to engage in everything else in in a way that is more present you know i'm more present to my family and what actually i actually enjoy everything else more yes i because i then can it, when i when i enjoy you know the chief end of man is to glorify god and enjoy him forever and so when when my chief enjoyment is in god i can then actually enjoy everything else for what they are mm. and not as anesthetics to um you know cater for the absence of god mm. because mm. You know, if if God is absent, then everything else we're really using to try to fill, fill that, that absence. Uh, so I guess the tranquility and the peace and the joy that that brings to my life means that I go with that joy to every activity. It's yeah. like I take that. You know, I, I can take joy into situations rather than going into situations in a state of neediness, trying to get joy out of those situations. Listen, you're not going to find joy in your work or in your relationships unless you take joy there. Yeah. Uh, so um, for me, that's th- this This has been absolutely uh, an absolutely transforming aspect of my life. And you're talking about the spiritual discipline of... Waiting and waiting on and seeking God, which is, I think, is a, is a, is a longer way to say meditation. You know, but yeah. I know what you're kicking up against. I know what you're kicking up against. Well, you keep throwing that word at me, but yeah. but I, I, I mean, like I, I'm like I'm okay with that as long as it's understood yeah. in terms of a biblical discipline. Yes. I mean, you need to talk about, um, uh, you know, blessed is the someone who yeah. meditates on the on the word day. And I, I mean, meditation is is not. 
uh, like, I guess, let's I, I take guess, it back. Uh, yeah. Let's take it back. Well, from- I, guess, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm using it wrong c- compared to how you've defined it because there's two principal ways that we define meditation <laughs> today. The first form is this thinking about thinking, like the thought, you know, emptying your mind, focusing your breathing, uh, you know, that yeah. relaxation, everything. We're in not popular. About- u- I know, but in popular usage. Yes. That's what people think of when they think of meditation. I'd love to take the word back. But the second type of think, the second type of word of meditation, like we're talking about in Psalms, is the 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 pondering and this and the thinking on one thought of of yeah. spending a long time. I know there's a word picture there, um, you know, in the Bible of you know a, a cow chewing over yeah, its yeah. food, regur- you know, swallowing it, regurgitating yeah. it back, thinking about it again, and that's an idea of meditation. But you're even talking about something different to that. You're talking about a stillness yeah. and a waiting and a patience on God. Yeah. So it's it's not. It's not meditation in the sense that I empty my thoughts. No, yes. I fill my thoughts with God. It's like I, I allow that I allow that desire for God to dominate my thoughts. And when other thoughts come in, I I subdue them. Mm. Mm. You know, good old subdue the earth and like mm. let's let's this the subduing mandate start in our own hearts and minds. Yeah. Or and so, taking every thought into yeah, captivity. It's like taking every thought into captivity. It it's uh because if there are if there are things um, that come into my mind and take my mind away from my desire for God in that moment, then I'm I'm believing a lie. I'm believing that somehow that thing is a more urgent issue mm. than me uh, finding God in that moment. And mm. uh, and so when when my heart and mind knows that God is like the stillness that that brings. Like I've I've been in moments where I've sat. And waited on God, and it's like the fire of my desire for God is burning. It is actually difficult for me to. Um, it's not like. Uh, it, it's it. It actually is such a beautiful place of peace. I I often don't want it to end. Mm. You know, it's. Um, and and what it actually the focus that it brings and the understanding that it brings to everything else like i feel like i see everything clearly when my when my spirit isn't muddied by the churning of desires going round and round and round when the merry-go-rounds stops you know and and my desires know that god is the true object of my desire mm. everything else it it brings you know it's like the mud so, and I and I everything I see everything uh, more clearly. So it's not it's as I said it's not meditation. I, I, look, I guess I'm happy to call it meditation as long as it's not empty your mind and yes. focus on your breathing. Which you know actually I, I I don't even think necessarily that's a bad thing. Just focusing on your like I think that can be fine. And and we both know people, but I just don't think it's going to solve our biggest problems. Yes, and but, uh, but having said that, let's just put a little asterisk. We both know people who suffer from different types of mental anxiety or, you know, different forms of, uh, you know, ADHD or post-traumatic stress. And I know firsthand, I've seen them go, hang on, I've just got to practice what I've been taught, breathing, stillness, mindfulness. And it helps them. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant for that. In that physical sense of the mind yeah. and the which body which is why I'm underlining the fact that it it's that that's not a bad thing I'm just saying it's not the ultimate it's not yeah. the thing you're that talking about something differently yeah. yes I'm just going to a, def- a deeper level and talking about and talking about discipline I mean we're so imp- we, we we are so impatient in 
and and we we get uh, we get agitated very quickly and we want things so quickly. Mm. The idea of sitting, you know, as it says in um, where is it in Lamentations chapter two or three where it says um, talks about sitting in silence. You know, it is mm. good for a young man to sit in silence because the Lord has laid it on him. Let him sit. I mean, you know, that idea of just sitting and waiting on mm. God. Uh, you know, Psalm 27, wait for the Lord, take heart, be strong and wait for the Lord. And, and, um, and I, I think that discipline of being still and waiting and just desiring and seeking God, not anything from God, mm. but God himself, mm. because whatever your circumstance is, what you need most is not a change in your circumstance. You need to find God in your circumstance. Um, that is the way forwards. That is the, the transforming element again and again and again for me. In Again and again and again, I come back to this point where I, I, I focus on God. I, I discipline my heart to seek God and uh, everything else uh, comes into alignment when my heart and my mind know that God is really all I need. Self-discipline, self-control. Are you feeling as convicted as I am right about now? I, <laughs> ooh, I've got a lot to go as far as the journey of this fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life of self-control, self-discipline, and what it means in uh, relating and having Christ in my life. It's a big issue, and hopefully that conversation with Matthew really uh, pondering there about the uh, the places where God has met him in when it comes to self-discipline. Hopefully that's been helpful in your walk today. Well, as per usual, like I say every week, get a hold of us. Make sure you get out there and drop us a line. You can do it at our Facebook page, our Facebook group. We can do it through our website, thrivetoday.net.au. There's a place there you can send us an email and we would love to your questions on the book of proverbs we've only got another episode left to go before we transition away so get those questions in today if there's anything about the book of proverbs you've been wondering about scratching your head about a verse in particular that's got you got you uh, really uh, wondering we would love to hear from you until next week for dj matt stewart and the crew we'll see you next week so much for listening to Thrive Deeper. We value all our listening community. If you are on Facebook, search and like Thrive Today page to get all of our latest updates. Our home on the internet is at thrivetoday.net.au. There you can subscribe to the Thrive Daily Reading Guide and contact us directly. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Until next time, thrive. thrive.